We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, joined by my co-host here, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we have three weeks in the books. Uh, I was just trying to work out there in my head. Um, obviously the first week I was in the US, the second week I was also in the US, and now week three I've been back here in Ireland. So it just took me a moment there to work that out. But three weeks in the book, uh, we did talk about it just for a moment before. I think it was uh, my most enjoyable week looking through it. I had a pretty successful week in terms of my uh, dynasty teams uh, some dfs action there as well so a really enjoyable week um, some really big smash scores that we'll be talking about on today's show some maybe underperforming players and again some changes in the fantasy landscape so really looking forward to talking through today's show we'll be looking a little bit more about fantasy efficiency and we'll also be looking at some good bad and the ugly in terms of what happened last week in the nfl uh, so i'm really looking forward to, to running through today's show and a nice uh, fun story uh, to finish off today so stay tuned for that later in the show but sean ready for week four recapping week three it's hard to believe we're we're already at this point of the season it moves pretty quick 
Yeah, it's fun to get that first month uh, going. And and like you said, we're going to be going through some cool articles here. I think the biggest story for week three just continues to be the Kansas City Chiefs. And like you said, we're going to go through Michelle's piece, the good, the bad, and the oh so ugly. And not surprisingly for her, the good was Patrick Mahomes and how he led a Chiefs team that is still without Tyreek Hill to really shredding the Baltimore Ravens defense, which, as everyone knows, is, is one of the top defenses in the NFL. Uh, efficient through the air, explosive through the air, uh, exciting on the ground with backup running backs you know, in the rain. And so this Chiefs team continues to do things that really don't seem possible. And, you know, it's a lot of fun for a Chiefs fan, but also a lot of fun for fantasy owners and with the Chiefs paving the way for other teams to make similar strides. Uh, the NFL is going in a very exciting direction. Yeah, very exciting. We talked earlier in the preseason about you know how it's turned into a higher point score, and you know, and this week was really high across the board. Most of the games, I didn't look at it after I, I had no bets this past week, but looking at the games and looking through it, the under over, it had to have a huge amount of overs last week in terms of total points. So that obviously leads very very well for us in the fantasy circles before we get into looking at that article and talking about the kansas city chiefs just want to let the listeners know again as always they can become a road of his patreon uh, we are up and running for the season it's been going now for about two or three months the road of his patreon slack the patreon ship started just six dollars per month that gives you exclusive access to that slack where you can gain league winning advice and ask questions we had a lot of questions coming in on sunday which starts and sets some dfs questions with matt jones in there as well so lots of good stuff going on do be sure and jump in starting at just six dollars a month the nine dollar tier getting some road of his merchandise at the end of the season you can sign up today and that is at patreon.com forward slash road of his radio and also as always at the start of the show we do like to let you know that as a loyal listener you can get a 10 percent discount to rotavis nfl pass right now it's available through the podcast homepage, which is rotavis.com forward slash podcast it gives you all the tools that we'll be talking about in today's show it gives you access to all the great articles that are up there and really is a key uh, to making sure that you get the best out of your fantasy season uh, if you are not already a subscriber and i know most of our listeners are already signed up make sure you get yourself that 10 percent discount right now once again that is rotavis.com forward slash podcast you teased it a moment ago, Sean, and as we get into the topics on today's show, uh, we are going to talk about Michelle's piece up on the website, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Oh So Ugly, and I thought this was a really fun one to look through this week, you know, as you get to recap what happened in week three. She leads it off, as you mentioned, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I know I don't have to give you any reason to speak about the Chiefs, uh, you know, and Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to take the floor and talk about them. And I mentioned on last week's show about watching the games with uh, TJ Hernandez uh, in week two and, you know, watching the Chiefs and almost like laughing as to actually how comic it's almost comical how good Patrick Mahomes is, um, you know, watching them play and uh, being a Packers fan, obviously the Packers tree and oh, they're in the opposite conference to the Chiefs. So I can watch the Chiefs, you know, and the only time we're really going to have a huge concern about them is when we get to, uh, if we faced off, you know, in the Super Bowl. So watching the Chiefs, there's just something so, so enjoyable with seeing the way they play and how much they just are aggressive going downfield. And there's just like points, 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 and more points. So it's just so, so much fun to watch. Uh, even LaShawn McCoy, who went into the week banged up, had uh, a big game in terms of what he did. He had 80 yards, two touchdowns, left the game again with an ankle injury. So he's going to be banged up moving forward. Uh, Darrell Williams filled in as well. He had a, quite a nice game. Um, and had five uh, had five catches on the side of five targets, forty seven yards receiving for him. So you know, th- there's a really really nice uh, mix there. Obviously, Damian Williams was missing this week. Um, it- it's just there's so much there. There's Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, McCall Hardman, 
Robinson and Hardman have just like stepped up to the plate as if you know you, you would almost forget that Tyreek Hill is part of this offense and um, you know we have games as well where we see Kelsey have, having solid games but not having his dominant uh, games we would expect in terms of fantasy performances but just so much going on in this offense you really really any player we talked about it last week any player in this offense that you have whether that is a running back whether it's a receiver or whether it's travis kelsey or patrick mahomes who there's no question about you you literally have to start them rest of the season uh, you said that was the answer last week and i'm assuming that's still the answer this week it was great to see hardman get that long touchdown after he had the one called back the week before and then uh, even though robinson wasn't nearly as involved in week three to see him make that one-handed toe tapping catch in the corner of the end zone really one of the best plays of the entire weekend the whole team is stepping up in the absence of hill and that just really amplifies the talent level of mahomes even more and then it's also good to see the often the running game bounce back a little bit they were held in check by the Raiders which is a little bit surprising although the Raiders made some decisions there that obviously allowed the passing game to be even more explosive than usual but McCoy looked good and then behind him you know I went in and sort of defensively added Williams to all of my teams on Thursday night and having him there you know in case there are some injuries he's someone who you know with all the darwin thompson talk and i think that that's still going to play out at some point he's too good a fit for what they do too explosive he came in for a play or two and you know we immediately saw that burst but williams is a guy that coaches really like and if damian and mccoy are out he's someone who could certainly provide a weak winning performance for you yeah and uh, when we look at it as well you know you're mentioning you know robinson not having this big game but when you look at i, I talked about the offense if you look at like sammy watkins you know can work the ball on deep passes or short passes or in the intermediate you have then hardman who can even a bit like hell you know can take it as a uh, an end around which he had one in this game you know he can take the ball deep you can take it on a screen uh, you have so many options it's really impossible almost to cover this entire offense like if you if you if you target and try and block off kelsey you're going to leave it o- open over the top in terms of hardman or watkins when he's going strong or else when you have hell coming back in it's really like you pick your poison and really no matter what answer you pick you're going to be in a situation where mahomes is going to dice it up and the thing that has impressed me with mahomes over the opening tree weeks is um in terms of last season you could see the raw ability and the talent that he had but this year there's a lot of throws that he's thrown with anticipation so we're seeing a lot of plays where the the wide receiver is yet to break out of his route uh, and you know at the top of the stem and he's already released the ball and that really gives defenders no opportunity uh, it was something that rogers did for years when he had jordy nelson and had that kind of synced up you know connection uh, just throwing the ball before it's out of the break and it gives it gives defenses no chance so I really uh, have, have have serious questions as to how anyone is going to keep this Chiefs team at a, a reasonable score this year because the Ravens did put up points and they went for it. They were aggressive. They went for it in fourth down a number of times. And, uh, you know, they talked about it after the game in terms of John Harbaugh that they're just going to go for it. But against this Chiefs team, it's a situation where even if you're in the first quarter or second quarter, teams are going to have to start thinking about we are only going to get so many chances to put up points and the Chiefs are literally nearly going to score on every single drive. So we need to put these points up. And that puts teams in a kind of a, a precarious situation right from the start of game so very very exciting then when we move into the bad we have leonard fournette um you know fournette is somebody who uh we were very much uh, not 
liking this offseason. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people on that on that board. He was the player, though, that if he did get, you know, a pass-catching role, if he did get a lot of uh, rushing attempts, which we thought he would get, that he could then turn into a player who was a significant value at his draft spot. But yet to total 100 yards in any game this season, hasn't scored a touchdown. Um, we have seen how they've kind of opened it up in the passing game with the, the quarterback chains there. And I think even with Nick Foles, it would have been something similar. But, um, you know, Fournette is somebody who, if you're a Fournette owner, I'm sure you're very, very concerned. The other one um, that is in this list is Le'Veon Bell. And obviously the workload and the, the volume of touches that he's getting is obviously something that we would dream of. But the problem is the, the quarterback situation and the chains there obviously with Darnold being out um, you know we're down to the third string with Falk and that just was like a, a really unfair matchup this past week with the Patriots but overall you know offensive line issues Bell's averaging 2.9 yards a carry I know yards per carry is a stat that you know sometimes can be put in certain directions but looking at it he's touched the ball 76 times through three weeks um, and really should be absolutely nailing down the points but i think this is also a situation where i don't i don't know what you think sean i'm interested in your perspective if you are in the league um is bell potentially somebody who you could be buying in on now with the the fact that sam darnell could be coming back into things um you know that should help with the, the passing game should help open things up for bell and there could be a better efficiency coming his way what's your thoughts if uh, somebody in your league is concerned with bell and uh, there's a chance to move for him i think the main consideration for both Fournette and Bell would really be what your expectations were. Uh, when we get to the oh so ugly here in a minute, we're going to talk about James Conner. All of these backs were on the landmine list, right? The guys who had serious potential to underperform their draft slot because they had really big red flags and these red flags are now coming to fruition. I don't necessarily think that you want to avoid uh, Fournette and Bell if you get a price that reflects what a more realistic scenario is for them, because within their offenses, they're going to struggle to be efficient. Uh, that Jets offense, I do expect it to bounce back. I still have high hopes for Darnold. We've seen a few things from their receivers that would indicate that they'll be able to give him a little bit of support. Defenses are going to continue to key on, on Le'Veon Bell. So it's going to be difficult for him to have the type of performance that he had in Pittsburgh, and it's very similar to what we saw with the coaching change and the uh, just overall decrease in quality of team from the Arizona Cardinals from 2016 to 2018 in the situation there with David Johnson. So David Johnson still scored plenty of points. It just depends on if you expect him to be a top five player or you expect him to be a good second round type of player. The thing that I think is kind of interesting about Fournette and someone else who factors into the ugly situation here in terms of Todd Gurley, the thing that really jumps out about some of these big backs right now is that they just have no side to side ability whatsoever. So when you're looking at Fournette, when you're looking at Derrick Henry, when you're looking at Todd Gurley, when they get going, right, when they can pick up a head of steam and get to the second level, then those guys are ridiculously dangerous and so scary. But they don't have that ability like a Bell might have, like a Camara, like a McCaffrey, certainly like Saquon Barkley before the, the very unfortunate injury, to, to get to those holes if the holes are not just obvious. And so when you are watching them play, when you're looking at their yards per carry numbers pop up, I mean, you have to expect a lot of negative plays from those backs due to what their athletic profile is currently right now the interesting thing i think with fournette is he's still actually catching a ton of passes too and sort of throughout the offseason he was someone who was way way off of my radar and then became more and more not someone i would draft 
at ADP, but as opportunities maybe would arise, someone I think to target a little bit. And I discussed a little bit in the, the beginning of the show last week that in super flex leagues and even some leagues where uh, 14 team dynasty league where Darnold and Breeze were my quarterbacks, that you know, having to make a play, make a trade for a quarterback, which you, you never really want to do. You don't want to have to pay up at the quarterback position, but it does create an opportunity to maybe acquire players who you wouldn't be able to acquire in a good one for one or if you're going to have to spend something then you want to get somebody interesting back right so if you're going to give up a meaningful piece to pick up a quarterback and you're going to have to pay for that then doing a two for one where you get back sort of a secondary piece that isn't quite as good you can target some of your favorite guys there right so you do have to give something up but then getting back say a four net on the discount, which I did last week, getting back at John Ross. Those are some interesting trades to make. And I think that as long as Fournette is as involved in the passing game as he is, that if you can buy him at a discount, even with all the things that are going on there, uh, that I think is more appealing than buying, say, a James Conner or perhaps a Chris Carson, two guys we're going to look at here in a second. Yeah, and just to, I mentioned the Arch Precari stat, just to look at the stat line for Fournette from last week, like the the numbers give a, a different picture, you know, in terms of they had 54 offensive snaps, he played 100% of them. Uh, you mentioned his targets, actually, he has 20 targets on the season. Um, in terms of last season, he finished the entire season, um, just looking here, finished last season with 26 targets um, so he's almost like getting that after three weeks so he's getting a much higher volume in the passing game but eight targets six receptions just the 26 yards but 15 carries for 66 yards which ends it up with 4.4 yards per carry but uh, he had 15 15 carries one of those was actually for 69 yards uh, so to end up with 66 total yards uh, which is actually ending up with a total of minus three yards on 14 carries is uh is where that stat can get quite skewed. But looking at the next two guys then, Sean, you mentioned James Conner, Chris Carson. It's just been a, a little bit of a, you know, it's like a snowball and it's just getting worse and worse down there for the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to the 49ers this week. Um, you know, it's really just going to get into kind of a messy situation. I know we love Juju and he had a big touchdown this week, but it's just been a, a real, it's going to be an up and down season there. I think from all perspectives and James Conner, it's more of a down season in terms of what we're getting from him. The other one's Chris Carson, uh, another fumble this week. He's putting the ball on the ground uh, much too much. They did stick with him, but um what's your thoughts I'll, I'll let you pick which one or if you want to go to both of them you can but both of these guys are are pretty much uh, the outlook is very bleak the rest of the way i think yeah we talked about carson as being one of the most overvalued players in fantasy football and unfortunately that does look like it may start to be the case as we go forward from here i have him on a couple of dynasty teams because you know he's one of those players who a year ago or a year and a half ago was the perfect zero running back candidate i mean he's the kind of guy where when he's cheap you want to buy him right and then if you can you do want to then flip him for someone else not continue to acquire him in 2019 and he had this wonderful start which you know really juiced some of the teams that i had certainly some other players benefiting from those starts it it does look like penny is going to be the guy here obviously the hamstring injury complicated things for his potential emergence the other thing that michelle talks about in her piece is the decrease in receptions from week to week to week and how it no longer really looks like he's going to be that receiving back that they had trumpeted 
Ryan Collinsworth has done a lot of great work on the running back position. And one of the things he always just uh, counsels against is buying these guys who haven't caught a bunch of passes in the past and, and believing that they can really uh, increase their workload in the receiving game. Now, that doesn't say that it can't happen. Players do improve. Offenses do change. But it's a tricky risk for a fantasy owner where Carson's going here. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this offense. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously the big play quarterback. They do have a little bit at the receiver position and their games are going to continue to be strange with their defense not being quite what it was. Obviously there were some fluky things that happened early in this game that sort of changed what they wanted to do. But, you know, Penny was one of the key guys on the zero running back targets list. I am very interested to see what he will do in this offense later in the season once he's healthy. So before we move on, I want to let you know about one of our sponsors here on the show this week. It is Harry's Razors. Harry's, uh, you know, one thing, uh, I don't know about you, Sean, I'm not a big fan of shaving, so I wanted a razor that's going to be very comfortable. So uh, that's what I, I like about Harry's. And of course, the main thing I like about them is razors are just so expensive if you go to the supermarket. So it's a real uh, boost. So I, I always love having people involved in the show that have really quality products. And we only want to advertise the best products and Harry's is certainly one of them. You can join the 10 million who have tried Harry's razors now. You can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com forward slash blue wire. Why try Harry's? It's very simple. Harry's founders were two regular guys, just like me and you, Sean. Tried, tired of getting ripped off and overpaying for razors, so I can really abide by that. Harry's make quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners to the show can get a trial set over at Harry's, which comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip this five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great and a travel blade cover to help keep your razor dry and easy on the go make sure you head on over to harry's now to get your trial set that is harry's.com forward slash blue wire once again that is harry's.com forward slash blue wire yeah these are great and i'm lucky enough to still have some hair in my brother does not and so he he uses this product for the whole you know full head shave every couple days and you know anyone who's in that situation knows that that's a little bit trickier than just your normal shave loves harry's razor for that and so certainly i think anyone who is going through that process and that's the razor they pick out you know i i don't think you can get a much stronger uh, recommendation than that for this particular product in addition to obviously all the other great benefits that they bring to you also, one of our loyal sponsors here in the show has been MyBookie. I want to let you know about them. And obviously, at the end of a hard week, I mentioned last week I didn't have much action on the NFL. Played a lot of DFS, so it didn't have any bets on. But I know this week there's a couple of games that I like the luck of already. It's early in the week, but there's some action that will be taking place. And it will be taking place for me at MyBookie. Game on in touchdowns and two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sideline with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to do it than with MyBookie. Jump on over to my mybookie.ig no one gives you more ways to win than they do mybookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than other sportsbooks don't forget where you are betting is just as important as who you are betting with and mybookie.ag is the best in the business it's where i play and it's where you should too we have been mentioning it throughout the off season and into the season they will double your first deposit and that is up to one thousand dollars you can use the code rotoviz to activate that offer when you sign up for an account visit mybookie online today that's mybookie and don't forget to use the promo code rotoviz bet when get paid 
So Sean, moving in to the third quarter now, and we're looking at the piece you have up. Obviously, you're looking at the efficiency across the league. And Mike Evans this week had a monster week. It passes 190 yards and three scores. And you know, we talked about Mike Evans in the preseason. We talked about the possibility of him having a big week coming up here and facing that Giants defense. I, I thought there was going to be a big opportunity for him and uh, faced him in one dynasty league, which cost me dearly. I, I went down to him in that. But in terms of uh, the 45 points he put up, I had him in quite a few DFS lineups this week which really boosted them quite a few players this week i really like so i, I really did enjoy watching the the action this week and there's nothing better than like i mentioned there when i was talking about my bookie with players that you have when they make a catch or when they are running down the sideline there is no better feeling than when you just know them the only thing you're hoping is that there's no flag going to pop up on the field but evans this week a, a truly dominant performance um and, and just was torching that giants uh, secondary all week and it was a real game a real mike evans game where literally um the, the especially the third touchdown like it was a lot of air yards but resulting in no yards after the catch but the main thing was those 190 yards and three scores so lots of players this week with major major upside um what's your thoughts uh, after this week was there any other players that really piqued your expectation based on performance i know a, another monster week as well by keaton allen so uh, lots lots of impressive action across the board yeah, you mentioned Evans and Allen there, and Evans obviously goes eight for 190 and three. Keaton Allen has 13 receptions for 183 yards and two touchdowns. These guys had heavy volume, but one of the interesting things, one of the cool things, because it can be different, difficult when you're targeted that much to still outperform that volume. Now, the touchdowns do help, but it was cool this week. We've talked about fantasy points over expectation, and despite the huge volume, uh, to get those 40-point games, you also need to outperform those that volume, and both of those guys did that. They finished number one and number four on the week in fantasy points over expectation. We didn't have anybody over 20 this week, as we had had the previous couple of weeks with those Chiefs receivers, but we had mentioned Hardman. He joined the list, uh, and then we have Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Julio Jones caught eight of his nine passes, turned that into 128 yards, uh, and then DJ Chark, the first person to make the list a second time so those guys all with some big games with amari cooper we now have 12 games since he was rescued from purgatory in oakland he's averaging 18.9 points per game in that split whereas in the previous 20 games with the raiders he had been at 10.8 I think uh, last season, Sean, uh, my bold prediction, I remember at the start of the season, was Cooper being the wide receiver one um, in the NFL. I meant after he went uh, to to the Cowboys. That was the part I forgot to add on to that prediction. So things things are looking up now. Yeah, well, if if we had just communicated it properly, then you know the the fans would have known <laughs> exactly how that was going to work. And and you're right, he's now averaging more than 21 points a game this year. And this is his first three-game stretch in which he managed at least five fantasy points over expectation uh, in three games in a row, right? So he's had three different stretches in his career where he had negative FPOE for three games in a row. This is his first one with five-plus really emerging now. One of the big... you know, I, I don't know mistakes exactly, but one of the, certainly the predictions, you know, you're talking about Cooper that had not worked out for me or rankings were that sort of at the beginning of this time period where Cooper just fell apart in Dallas, I had him up at the top of my dynasty rankings and, you know, a player who has 
the type of collegiate performance he had, the type of player who comes in and immediately posts those 1,000-yard receivers to start his NFL career. Those guys go on to start on virtually every single time. And so I think what we're seeing here, and certainly you know, you're seeing it right now in a very negative fashion with the Minnesota Vikings receivers, but just how much these offenses do dictate even for some of the top guys what they're going to do and so it's certainly very exciting to see amari cooper return to where he deserves to be which is at or near the top of the wide receiver leaderboard yeah and a player we've talked about the rams quite a bit in the show um you know because of the offense that they have had over the last couple of years and i know we both are big cooks fans both big woods fans and maybe cooper cup is somebody who maybe goes a little bit under talked about in the show but we, we do bring him off from time to time but another big game for him this week and jared goff season has started off in a really tough way and um, obviously the the team is uh, performing at the minute um, but there is concerns there with how he has started things off um in terms of from last year to this year but there's no doubt about it when he has cooper cup in this offense it does help him uh, dramatically what's your thoughts um on the rams moving forward i do have some concerns about golf in terms of i thought before the season um you know there would be a, a bounce back from how he finished last year but seems to have lingered over a little bit but i think the wide receivers are all going to be plays on a weekly basis but as we see most weeks uh two of them are going to come up with you know fantasy weeks and another one usually sitting that you have you have to start all three but one of them is usually going to be a letdown uh, what's your thoughts the rest of the way with the with these three um is it a case of you have to start all three I, that would be my recommendation and then there's a good chance that one of them each week will 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 drop off a little bit yeah i think you have to start all three and i don't know that we're going to continue to see one of them have a bad game certainly if the running game continues to struggle the way it has struggled it's going to put more pressure on the passing game to pick up the slack there and you mentioned golf it seemed like when cooper cup came back healthy that that would rectify the problems that golf had down the stretch and what we've seen so far in 2019 is the cup has come back better than ever he looks absolutely fantastic some of the stories about him being faster and more athletic than he was before the injury we you know we can't necessarily verify those but certainly there's no reason for us to believe that those are completely false he, he looks fantastic goff does not right and so you can pull up the road of his adjusted yards per attempt app and look at his passes by location and see just how much he's struggling there if you look at the 2017 and 2018 seasons on targets of 15 plus to the left averaged almost 11 aya down the middle 43 passes over 20 adjusted yards per attempt to the right again we have 11 so strong numbers on these deep passing plays also good numbers in the short range but now in 2019 right he's got 10 passes to the deep left a negative adjusted yards per attempt and that comes into play obviously because interceptions are worth negative yards in the deep center six in the deep right uh, 3.6 the total number of targets not super high in those ranges so he's not throwing a bunch and he has been completely unsuccessful the guy here who is really taking it hard in the early going is robert woods you flip that uh, aya up and you look at the adjusted yards per attempt to the specific receivers and we see that cooper cup is at 9.9 when he is targeted brandon cooks at 9.1 robert woods is down there at 2.3 and if you had the chance to watch these rams games a lot of them are pretty high profile so uh, a lot of listeners probably have seen this but many of the targets to robert woods he has one more target than brandon cooks they're simply uncatchable they're not even in his vicinity 
right? So I do expect that to change. I expect him to, to be a little bit less unlucky. But the way that Goff is passing the ball right now, we almost have to look at that and be a little bit leery of Cup, a little bit leery of Cooks, because the same passer who can be that inaccurate targeting Robert Woods, who we know has been a very solid player over the last couple of years. You know, I think we have to be a little bit worried about those other two guys as well. Is this an opportunity to sell cup or just very clearly an opportunity to buy woods? Now we talked a little bit, a little bit on the show. One of our uh, sponsors throughout the course of the off season, the FFPC uh, Curtis Patrick and I, in our main event team, we have Cooper cup. He's one of those guys who is really helping us. So certainly I hope you're not going to tell us to sell him. No, I, I think as you mentioned there, it's more likely that we get um, all three guys firing um, rather than, uh, we end up you know with cup being a sell when i when i look through it I'm, I'm very impressed with how he's come back from that injury uh you know golf there, there's bound to be something in terms of uh, i i think the way the run game switched off and how teams aren't keen on Gurley as much is going to obviously have an effect on how things open up down the field as well for uh jared golf but when we look at it you know last season you mentioned those passes of 15 yards or more uh, his lowest uh, aya last year was 10.86 his best this year over 15 yards is 6.00 um, so like you know it's, it's really dropped off a cliff dramatically it's almost half uh, in terms of what his worst was and uh, almost three times lower than what his best was so a dramatic decline there especially over the kind of intermediate to deep uh middle middle of the field so i think we could see things start to pick up here and i, I think you know we, we've all you know given sean mcveigh huge credit for you know his offensive play designs and i think you know we're three weeks in we're bound to start to see some things work in it's a bit like uh, the packers you know the packers are three and oh i'm very happy but that defense is awesome to watch but you know there's glimpses there where the team clicks and then everything is just going back to the norm uh, and there's things not working but i think as the season goes on uh, those play callers in terms of their offensive capabilities should start to to make things work here and you know when there hasn't been much of a change in personnel other than it's Goff who's not playing that well at the moment I, I think that there's there's a chance that we'll see him and, and you know regress to what we see not regress but regress to the mean so a positive uh you know move for him in terms of moving forward the rest of the season we are three weeks in that is a large sample size because it's three games based on this season rather than looking back to last year but obviously we have another 16 games to go basically or sorry we have another 13 games to go in the fantasy season and i think uh, you know over those games we'll see much more improvement from golf so i, I still think all three of them are in play and i, I think it's a chance to, to buy robert woods i think it could be one of the last opportunities as we're likely to see him have a, a big game here coming up and you know if we were looking at the the value of somebody like um like mike evans this week compared to what he was last week things change very quickly in terms of uh, value so i i would still be getting in there and getting robert woods if you can get him off any owners and i think we'll see this rams offense uh, start to start to put up a higher higher efficiency in terms of uh, yardage and points moving forward the other guy that i want to mention sean that you talked about is julio jones obviously our guy calvin ridley had a big game against the eagles he's had a a a low 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 scoring game this week so obviously we can come to expect that a little bit from time to time with ridley but against uh, this colts defense i always thought it was gonna be a slightly tough matchup and the the one play i'm very disappointed i didn't do i I was very positive last week on hooper in terms of uh, the tight end position for dfs and uh, i ended up doing a late swap uh, close to the start of the game and obviously he had a, a very big day 
um, due, the reason for that was due to, to injuries in the, the kind of centre of the field and the, the safety position for the Colts. But this defence sets up, you know, in terms of a tough matchup for the offensive system that the Falcons like to play. So I wasn't uh, bullish on either of the wide receivers' chances this week. But in terms of Julio Jones, I think we have to always expect uh, the best from him. And, you know, last year we were talking about after uh, seven weeks, uh, how things were going. They had failed to score in 20 of 22 games last season in terms of touchdowns. Uh, you mentioned in your piece that he has scored 12 and 12 games since that. So uh, he's uh, he's really uh, going back to what we expect from him. And we talked about his yardage numbers in the preseason and, you know, the difference between him and somebody like Calvin Johnson was touchdown numbers. Well, he's really starting to rack up those touchdowns uh, in 2019. But Julio, um, th- there's really not a huge amount that can be said other than, you know, Julio does Julio things. And at the wide receiver position, there's not many players who consistently get close to that 30-point total uh, as much as Julio does. Yeah, and right now, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, you could have started your uh, draft with those two guys. I had a team with the two of them last year when they did not get off to nearly as fast a start. So sort of lamenting the just the timing of it, because obviously with some of these veterans, uh, when they actually have the huge stretches is, is a little bit more up in the air, but we know that they are going to have them. They've outperformed any running back, running back start. I think the only uh, running back combination that you could have, which certainly owners, uh, some owners do have, would be a McCaffrey, um, Eckler, or Cook Eckler start there. And so to see these receivers scoring so many points, I think, is exciting. Certainly more exciting if you actually do own those two particular guys. Looking at what the Falcons are doing in this offense, it's a little bit disappointing to see Ridley's role compared to guys like Mohamed Sanu and Justin Hardy. Uh, when you have a first-round pick of his caliber, a guy who comes out, does what he did as a rookie, certainly really got them back into uh, the games in the first two weeks there, is, is giving them a chance to win. For him not to be involved in a game where they're trying to come from behind and to see some of the targets funneled to other people, I think you're letting the defense win when you're getting those targets off to Sanu. Certainly there's you know, no problem with Hooper's touchdowns. The offense certainly wants those touchdowns. And Julio, you want to feed. If anything, you want him to get more volume than he got in this game where he only had nine targets. But certainly I think for the Falcons to get where they want to be, they're going to have to involve Ridley more. Yeah, I think so as well. But uh, you you had talked about Matt Ryan um, and the uh, off season about somebody who is a, a potential target at the quarterback position. I think so far that's looked to be a, a very good decision. You know, moving forward, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm excited and uh, to see how the Falcons do. But they they need to start to to pick up. Uh, some wins here moving forward the running backs have been pretty much non-existent for them just looking at the uh, you you have the graph and obviously on, on the site of his you know uh, PPR points over the last 35 games I was just looking up there I thought it was actually going to be this week but 2017 at uh, week 12 he has a week that spikes all the way up to 50.8 points so I was just looking up uh, they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he had uh, 253 yards and 12 catches two touchdowns so I think and in the recent era of, uh, and we talked about this uh, the time we were comparing him to some of the great fantasy players. I think Julio has probably been the player that I've enjoyed uh, watching most over the last kind of five years, uh, really d- since Calvin Johnson retired. In terms of what he can do, 
uh, as as an athletic performer. But uh, we'll see what the Falcons do here moving forward. Uh, you did have a little note in as well, checking on some of the previous stars of efficiency and somebody else that I thought was uh, in for a nice week this week after the Antonio Brown release was uh, Philip Dorsett, and he had another performance. And I, I think he's he's starting to round into a, a really really uh, you know useful piece in terms of both on fantasy uh, perspective and in the NFL uh, compared to what he was with the Colts there's a, a huge development that has uh, happened with him at the Patriots um, and you know they're, they're using him in different ways now it's not just a deep ball threat and uh, he's picking up a few touchdowns here to start the season so I've been very impressed with him but you know he's, he's at 14 targets on the year 13 receptions 187 yards um, so it's really it's really going nicely for him um, out of the, the previous people and players who were who were really dominating to start off um, who crashed down to earth in week three yeah so and, and michelle talked about this a little bit in her article as well but john ross uh, drops a pass that could have gone for a touchdown he has the minus 4.7 marquise brown a little bit surprising to see the chiefs shut him down with the way that their defense has played over the last several years however with a strong performance against the raiders and now i think a sort of subtly strong performance against the ravens we have to start to wonder if some of the defensive changes the chiefs have made are having a little bit more effect than maybe it seemed like they would uh certainly brown ross you want to continue to plug into your lineups there uh you mentioned dorset and that reminds me a lot of our talk that we had with davis matic and you know how you want to approach those early season numbers those early season uh, waiver opportunities uh, if you missed that show davis is fantastic you definitely want to go in and check that out he has some observations for you there and some recommendations that i think are are really good throughout the season will help you play you know going forward future seasons all that kind of thing but you've got to give both the patriots and or set a lot of credit here for sort of sticking with him letting him continue to develop with antonio brown expected to play that big role in week two and he was someone they tried to feature in week two it seemed like that week one game from dorset wouldn't actually mean anything and then if you spent a lot of your waiver money on him it would be a waste but anybody who chased the points there and stuck it out through week two he does look like he is going to have a role in this offense and certainly in deeper leagues could be somebody who has a fairly large impact by the time the season's over So jumping into the fourth quarter now, we have some observations from Blair's article up on the site. And, uh, you know, we always type Blair's work, but if you aren't reading what Blair puts up every single week and every single article, you're really missing out because uh, there's always insight to be found in those pieces. But another player that we haven't touched on yet who had a, a big week this week was Tyler Lockett. And, um, you know, that game, really really kind of an odd game where the Saints controlled it kind of all the way through led most of the way but um in a situation like you know russell wilson had a, a monster game and a tyler lockett had a monster game in it uh, just a, a strange strange kind of outing overall it seemed to be a game that seemed to go on forever alvin kamara also had a, a big big day and uh, michael thomas getting into the end zone but um the other player this week that he's highlighted is nelson aguilar and he said over 24 uh, point ppr points in back-to-back weeks uh, what, what's your thoughts is, is this purely down to the injury uh to say alson jeffrey and um uh, deshaun jackson um do you think this can be sustained when both those guys are healthy now both those guys being healthy is a, is a, a tough question in itself but if both those guys are back i, I think we see a situation where Aguilar reverts back to you know the fourth uh, in terms of a passing option in this team because you have zach Ertz there as well um do you think it's more a case that he's getting this volume and these points based on 
uh, him being the lead target, or do you think he can sustain um, fantasy efficiency throughout the year? I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Obviously, the numbers that he is generating right now do owe themselves to the fact that they need somebody at the receiver position to be able to go out there and, and, and catch the passes to be worthy of some targets. But Lark points out that the only player to have double-digit targets and over 24 points in back-to-back weeks in 2019 is Nelson Aguilar, right? And that his expected points are up there near the top of the field. Now, I think that you know your personal bias has come into play a little bit here, but I certainly believe with the way Aguilar closed out last season with a couple of good games and now what he's shown early in 2019 that the Eagles want to be careful about forcing passes to Deshaun Jackson. They want to be careful about forcing passes to Alshon Jeffrey. Both of those players have struggled with injuries, like you mentioned, and have struggled with some other elements of their game uh, as they have gotten older. Aguilar, not the big name there. Certainly most people consider him to be a bust, but the Eagles have had some other depth guys who are interesting sleepers, and Aguilar has stayed ahead of them obviously a former first round pick and while we talk a lot on the site about the first rounders almost always break out by this time period if they're going to break out i think there's something to be said here for aguilar's development and the fact that he actually may be better than people realize and so if you have him i wouldn't necessarily try to sell him i think if you can buy him really low this week now we wouldn't want to pay too much those guys are coming back as you mentioned and uh, something that even hurts Ertz when everybody is there is just that target split across a large number of people but if you can buy him really low then there's the potential for re-injury for the guys or for him simply being the player who does emerge and at that point you would love to have a wide receiver who is a true wide receiver one in this offense yeah i think um, my advice would be if you were going to look to buy i think i'd be waiting obviously to play the packers on thursday night football i'd be waiting to see how that goes obviously he could have a big game in that but with the way the packers defense have been playing on a short week uh, i think we could see you know with jeffrey possibly back in the lineup um, you know less of a uh, less of a target share for him less points uh, because of that and i think maybe after this week and into next week might be the time to try and put in those offers to get a you know buy low on him at that point um some of the, some of the guys here obviously that you're looking at uh, and the other thing sorry just about Aguilar, he fits into that category where i find that for an nfl team perfect to have him as your third wide receiver because it, it really proves your depth the problem is that for fantasy that often maybe maybe difficult so i think for a season long uh, in terms of a uh, strong week weekly performance i think we will need to see jeffrey or uh, deshaun jackson uh, miss uh, extended time for him to do that but every single time he's been given the opportunity over the last kind of uh, let's say uh, six or seven games he, he has stepped up to the plate so um i think i think with one of those out he's definitely somebody that y- you want to have rostered um, the other player who had a big uh, week um over the last week and that was darren waller uh, he has 42 percent target share uh, in week three he had 30 13 receptions with tied with keenan allen for the most on the week so the only problem is he didn't get in the end zone but he is having he is having a, a solid workload there um you know at a bit of a drop the week prior to that against the chiefs in terms of um his his efficiency the the other player at the tight end position he's, he's not mentioned in blair's article but they wanted to mention and that is andrews of the ravens who continues to to get that work and is, is really looking good here early in the season as a, a late tight end target but darren waller um I, I i have serious concerns for this oakland raiders team but waller seems to be one of the safe spots that uh, you can have confidence in moving forward i think 
He is, and and I certainly lament not having uh, been able to grab him in the MFL 10 of death because he's he's one of those performers who can have that big spike week baked based on the fact that the Raiders, uh, number one, will trail, and number two, don't have a lot else in the passing game. Uh, he was the perfect guy to load up on in tight end premium in some of those sort of deeper leagues where you can play multiple tight ends. Certainly, my kitchen sink leagues that have him are performing right now better than those that don't and his is such a great story we profiled him on the site several times down the stretch Devin McIntyre definitely told you that uh, what's going to happen here is that Antonio Brown is not going to end up playing for the Raiders and Waller is the guy you absolutely have to have so hopefully you listen to Devin on that one this game played out exactly the way that he expected. And certainly uh, if you can find someone who's looking to sell high after this game, I mean, you've got to work on the price. I've received some offers uh, for him that don't fully reflect uh, what his role is going to be this season. And so, uh, you know, if, if you can get someone to, to sell him on the idea that he's not going to be that involved, or you just want to sell at the highest point, make sure you get full value because Waller is going to be a key player for them the rest of the way. So as we get ready to wrap up, Sean, we're going to have a, a fun little look at a story here um, that Monty Fan put up, and obviously Monty, as we talked about, is uh, one of the leading high stakes uh, players in the in the world, um, hugely successful, and there's always great information to be gleaned from his articles. This week, it wasn't as much about the information in terms of data; it was more about uh, a life experience that he had, and he talked about his father laughing at him this past week in terms of uh, you know what was happening to him. So the Browns Rams are playing. His Baker Mayfield on the screen. Uh, his dad asked him, "Is that one of your?" guys he said yes and then his dad asked him but how about Jared Goff he said yes but I'm playing against him so I need him to do well but not that well his dad just laughed and and shook his head and I think uh, when you look at things I think we can all relate to that where we have a situation where you know you you might have a Monday night football game where you're you're winning one game by a certain amount of points but losing another game by a certain amount of points and it's you know the same kind of players are involved in both scenarios you're against one and you have one but that there sean probably happens uh you know i would say because of the number of lineups that we play probably on a a, a week to bye week basis uh, in terms of uh, our games um it's one of the more difficult feelings to to watch that game then isn't it is that do you do you, do you find that it, it certainly is and and you are watching the games and you want to remember to re- to maintain that joy about what is just happening in general right to enjoy the good things that are happening uh for your hometown team you know if, certainly if you're a chief fan or some of these other teams that are, are breaking out and to enjoy the the leagues that you're winning in uh his little anecdote here is so perfect because it really does highlight the absurdity of some of the things that happen in fantasy the absurdity but also again the fun and the joy of it where you know you've got a player on monday night football where and i think many of us have had this experience of watching games with family uh, sometimes even watching games uh, with family where you know there are tens of thousands of dollars essentially at stake and you know they want to know if a certain guy is your guy and you're like yes but <laughs> this this need for a player to hit a specific window i think is unique to the current uh type of fantasy where people are involved in in 10 to 20 leagues and so you really do need someone like a jerry goff to score uh 17 to 25 but not less <laughs> and not more and so you need that game to play out in a very specific way and and are rooting for that 
I mentioned this on uh, the pod that I recorded with uh, Devin and John yesterday, uh, but Monday Night Football, I had kind of a fun one this past weekend where I entered the game down 17 points and just had a kicker and a defense to play going up against David Montgomery. So you're looking at that and you're thinking that chances to win are, are very, very minimal, but uh, the Bears defense immediately goes out and starts to create turnovers against Case Keenum. Uh, they they get the extra points that, that go with that. Certainly not a lot of field goals, unfortunately, there for, for the Bears kicker. And then he, when he misses the 44-yarder, you're thinking, well, maybe it's done. But Montgomery held in check, held in check. He gets that long run toward the end of the game. And again, you're thinking, well, well, maybe it's done. And then that final drive where they're going to ice it. And so I watch. He makes the final field goal. I go in and check the score at that point and lost by 0.15. And so essentially what that means is it was one yard, right? Because one more yard off of Montgomery's score, one more yard onto the, the field goal would have been the 1.5 swing, you know, 0.2 that direction. So uh, in, there aren't necessarily a ton of games that come down to one yard every week, but, but I think that's one of the things that makes fantasy football so fun. That is, Bears Washington game there would not have been exciting for me without fantasy football, but with fantasy football, it was a blast. And so I, I think that's one of the things that our uh, hobby can really add in terms of enjoyment of a sport that we do really enjoy anyway. Yeah. And it's the same as we mentioned with like my bookie, for example, you know, having that little edge on the game, it makes it a, a lot more interesting in games. Like I don't think anybody would be watching some of these Thursday night football games or Monday night football games without having uh, fantasy football lineups or without having uh, bets on those games because they are a tough watch at times but with fantasy thankfully we can get it all there and you get that feeling too sometimes sean i i've been an advocate to remove kickers from all leagues but i i've had games where it's like a quarterback uh, on one team either my team or the other team and the other guy or me having the kicker so it could be on the same lineup let's say it's the packers it's rogers and mason crosby and you could be getting down to a game you start to get into the fourth quarter like oh it's a close game what if they go for two instead of going for the kick and <laughs> things like that if they do get a touchdown or what if they only get to the 30 yard line kick a field goal uh, it can be can be just a, a tough watch in those final drives but really really uh, really really all part of it i think anyone that's listening probably has similar stories that they could share with us so uh, fun stuff there from monty uh, and as always check out the great work that he's doing and um, that's really going to do us for today's show the week three edition as we head into week four uh, off the road of his overtime podcast uh, as i mentioned on last week's show we have linked up with blue wire it's an exciting transition for us we've been working on it over the last week or so uh, everything should be pretty much back to normal from when this podcast is released on uh, wednesday or thursday off this uh, week heading into week four so be sure and uh, as always give us those retweets give us those likes and be sure and spread the word here off our podcast and of course the podcast network make sure you subscribe to the individual feeds and as well the main feed to, that's the best way to get all the action that's coming at you from the road of his radio podcast team as always we had a couple of sponsors on today's show we had harry's we also of course had my bookie so use those codes the code for harry's is blue wire the code for uh, my bookie is Rotoviz. Great offers. We'll have more great uh, sponsors throughout the season for opportunities uh, for value uh, for you as a listener. And of course, that 10% discount and the Rotoviz Patreon, which all can be got uh, on our site as well at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So until we're back with another show, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Martin. My co host is Sean Siegel, who you must be reading each and every piece he puts up on rotoviz.com. Always league win advice. And until we're back next week, of course, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.